Betfair are on your side this autumn racing. Imagine what you could be buying instead. From the sporting capital of Australia. It's the biggest sports show for your Saturday morning. Biggest sports show for your Saturday morning. Sarah Ollie, Will Rawston, and Ryan Warren. This, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Happy Saturday morning at Melbourne. However you're spending it, whether you're ferrying around local sport, you're working around the house, or you're heading to one of the thousand open inspections. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot. Spend the next couple of hours having a bit of fun with us on Triple M Melbourne. This is the Dead Set Legends. I'm Ryan Warren. Hello, Will Rolston. Hello, Rabs. How are you, mate? Happy Thank Saturday morning. Happy Saturday morning. Of course, you might know Will from the award-winning Marty Sheargold show. Not, not sure what awards you're alluding to. <laughs> yes, yes, that's the, the weekday show that you might hear me on. You're, of course, on the Rush Hour, Rabs. Yeah, with JB and Bill. And from afl.com.au, good morning, Sarah Ollie. Good morning, Rabs. Good morning, Will. I am so excited to be back in the Triple M stable. I think we're going to have... A lot of fun this year, the three of us. And, of course, a great way to kick off your Saturday morning, as you said, Rabs. Yep. There's people ferrying kids to sport, yep. open for inspections. There's a lot going on. And we just want to give a bit of a fan experience this year, don't we, Rabs? Yeah, I know. I'm a Collingwood nuffy myself <laughs> from the southeast suburbs of Melbourne. But I'm the only fan of a Melbourne team in this trio. So I'm Collingwood. Will, yeah. you're from Queensland. So I'm of course. Brisbane. I'm a card-carrying Brisbane fan. <laughs> yes. and, um, but Will's saying, Sarah, because you, of course, are the Swans. But yes. we support clubs that have Melbourne roots at the very least. Absolutely. So. South Melbourne for me. Yes. I'm a, a local gal, a 3205 gal around here. And, of course, Fitzroy. But you became enamoured with the Lions in that Halcyon period. That's Will. right. Yeah, yeah, as a kid. I was converted from uh, a, a rugby league and rugby union background mm-hmm. and then became a Brisbane fan and yeah. now, yeah, Melbourne's home and I'm looking forward to talking footy with you guys every Saturday. It's the inaugural show for the three of us. It is. Really looking forward to sinking our teeth into it this Absolutely. year. Well, speaking of footy, Ryan Daniels is going to join us from Perth. There's a kid called Harley Reid. Don't know if you've heard Who? of him. Who? Mm. Uh, number Harley one God. draft pick. We'll find <laughs> out what's going on in the footy over in the West with Ryan Daniels after 11. We've also got Jack Simpson, an award-winning coffee barista, will join us on the show as well. Aaron Woods will join us from Las Vegas. Wow. Head of the rugby league, of course. They're all playing tomorrow. But up next, James Kelly, Geelong assistant. The Cats started off their preseason with a win over the Bombers. But before we get there, the cricket is on at the moment. What a treat early in the oh morning over in New Zealand, Australia. Three for 71. Sorry if that's a spoiler, but we are a sports show, so we're going to be (laughs) delivering the scores throughout the morning. But the Amy Community Series, guys, we are in the midst of it at the moment. Geelong played last night. A come-from-behind victory, a 12-point win over Essendon, and Geelong assistant coach James Kelly has been good enough to join us. James, welcome to Dead Set Legends. Thanks for having me. How is everyone? We are very well on this beautiful Saturday morning. How are you? Because... An impressive game from your boys, five goals in the last term. What did you garner from the result? Uh, yeah, it sort of felt it felt pretty good. Like we were really happy with, uh, well, generally we've been really happy with how our pre-season's gone and I think that sort of came out late in the game. We felt the boys still looked strong, ran the game out well, obviously, were able to score. And um, I think always from the coaching point of view, you just want to see the things that you've been preaching and coaching throughout the pre-season come out in the games and, as the game wore on, we saw that more frequently. So we were pretty happy and um, everyone got through relatively unscathed. So that's that's probably the main thing for us is we've got a, a really fit and available squad. 
James, the reports of Max Holmes' preseason have been very strong, and he was wonderful yesterday. He was very quick. He looked sharp, 29 touches. Was he one of the best performers, you think? I think clearly he was, yeah. You know, Max is obviously a really talented player and, and highly athletic, so um, you know he's given himself the best chance to have a really good season. He's had a great preseason, uh, showed up to preseason fit, um, and I don't really reckon he's missed many sessions throughout the whole block, which has been a really long block. So it says something about his professionalism as well. So we're really happy with his game. And, and obviously he's so damaging uh, when he can get the ball in his hands and run and accelerate a little bit. And also um, the length of his kicking is, is great. So he was getting a, got a couple of good looks really deep into the forward line, which is, which is really hard to defend for opposition. James, someone else the Cats fans can be excited about is Jai Clark, of course, pick eight in the 2022 draft. Had 17 disposals yesterday. Can we expect him to be lining up in round one? Oh, I think he'll be around the mark, yeah. He, he's certainly done everything he can to put his name forward as far forward as it can go. So we don't, we don't want to, you know, go too down the far down the line and pick the round one team before we have to. But um, I think certainly he's he's put his name forward. Yeah, definitely. We would have been really happy with his preseason. He's fit. He's, you know, for a, a lightly built young player, he's really tough and strong around the ball. He runs well. He's clever. So um, which all those things that I guess you, you'd don't fall backwards into pick eight. Um, so we knew all those things when we picked him up, but to see him get a good run at it and, and play and look like the player we drafted is, is fantastic for him. We're speaking to Cats assistant coach James Kelly. James, there are a few certainties in life, death, taxes, and people riding off Geelong around this time <laughs> of the season every year. What makes you think that you guys will contend again this year? Um, well, history would say that we would, yeah. but not the most recent history. But um, <laughs> look, we're just really confident in our players. We give our players a lot of power. We back them in. We believe in them. And, um, you know, from a club and a coaching point of view, that, that doesn't change year on year. And um, way back to the days um, when I was playing and Scotty first came in, he, he wants to look the group in the eye every year and say, we're trying to win. And we're trying to win a premiership every year. And, uh, he's he's the best coach in the competition at standing by that. He right until the the final battle, he'll still think we're the best team, and he'll still think we're available and and a chance to win if we get our game going. So um, that's no different. I think people write us off, and there's always stories and all that sort of stuff. We we don't even really buy too much into that. We just um, stay down in Geelong and just work at our game and, and believe that we're good enough. Uh, we've got to ask about Cam Guthrie because his frustrating run with injury continues. Yeah. It looks like he might be out for up to 10 weeks. Is that right, James? And who do you think is going to fill that hole in the midfield? Yeah, I think it's right. Um, you know, we'll sort of back in Gus to get back sooner because he's ultimate professional and um, he's got a really good track record of recovering from those sort of injuries. So um, hopefully we see him sooner. He's a really important player for us in and around the ball and structurally. But, you know, in terms of who's going to fill in, I think Max Holmes will still spend a bit more time in the midfield. He was a bit more, um, sorry, in the centre bounces. He was a bit more on the wing last year. You throw Jai Clark in there, uh, Mark Blitzarves, um, Paddy is in there as well. Um, Pat Bruin sort of, he'll play a bit more consistently, I think, this year. So he sort of, in the sum of their parts, they can sort of approximate Gus' performance, I think. Um, and I reckon if we're, uh, if we're pretty smart with that, if we can work that well, if we can turn that sort of deficit of Gus leading into a bit of a strength, having a bit more um, rotation through there and a bit of, bit of speed and agility and endurance.
You host the Saints in round one. How's the brand new Joel Salwood grandstand looking? And have you bumped into <laughs> Sal since that grandstand's been named after him? Uh, he's been up there twice a week. <laughs> windexing the mirrors and all that sort of stuff. But, um, no, it's, uh, oh, we haven't seen him in there yet, but uh, it's... I got a tour of it the other day, actually, and I sort of haven't been. Um, it's my fault, but I haven't been around there much. Yeah. In, in and amongst the stand, I had a tour the other day, and it's unbelievable. The function spaces, the viewing. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of the standing room area. Oh, Bill can't shut up about it. Yeah, all of that stuff. You know, um, all of that stuff's amazing. They've done a brilliant job. The club, the local government, the state government have done an amazing job. Uh, I think we had uh, just over 11,000 people there last night, um, which was amazing. So everyone's ready for the stand. We're ready for the stand, and they've done a brilliant job. So hopefully on when St Kilda come down, there's exactly 40,000 bums in 40,000 seats would be fantastic. Well, you can reserve your seat in the new Joel Selwood stand at membership.geelongcats.com.au. James Kelly, thank you for joining us, and best of luck with the season ahead. No worries, guys. Thanks very much. And an update from Wellington, where the Australians are taking on New Zealand in the first test over there. We have the second innings, and Australia are three for 77. A nice knock of 41, was it, from Nathan oh. Lyon? He looked like he was Did almost we moz him? We mozzed him off air. We, uh, we thought you 100% he was, mozzed him. We thought he was in high score territory. <laughs> I know. 47 he was Bugger. chasing, unfortunately, but he did well, the night watchman. He did. We just spoke to James Kelly from Geelong, the assistant coach there, and we covered off their side of things. And Sarah, on the other side of the equation, the Bombers, they didn't look too bad. Not too shabby at all, and some nice signs from some of the recruits. I thought Jade Gresham had some really nice moments yep. forward, and that has been one of the areas that the Bombers have struggled with, is that small fall forwards department, I should say. But... The match was soured by an injury to key defender Jordan Ridley, who Mm. just this week signed a three-year contract extension. He finished the game on the bench with ice to his right quad, and I'm no body language expert, but Mm. he didn't look happy, did he? Now, assistant coach Blake Carousella, after the match, was just kind of trying to hose down just how serious it would be. He'll have scans this week to determine how serious it is, but it is an injury that he did last year. So just reading into his body language, he didn't seem too thrilled. And I guess that's just the one thing you want to avoid at this time of year, isn't it? Injuries, particularly to a key position player. Well, I was going to say that they lost Zerk Thatcher to Port Adelaide in the trade period. So who's going to fill that gap if he's not ready for round one? Well, Ben Mackay obviously Mm. comes in from North Melbourne. He Mm. was one of two free agents to come across. Also, Todd Goldstein, the the veteran ruckman who's been in really good form over the summer, actually. I was going to ask you about that. It felt weird seeing him in an Essendon (laughs) Guernsey and and not a North one, but he started the first bounce. So will he play round one and where's Sam Draper at? So Sam Draper played a full game in the VFL. I believe he got through. He was up against Geelong's up-and-comer Ruckman in in Toby Conway. So I believe both of them got full minutes Mm -hmm. in the VFL match. Look, it'll be intriguing to see what Brad Scott does at selection because I think many people thought that Todd Goldstein coming across to Essendon was a curious move Mm. given that Sam Draper is highly touted and, and respected and really one of the spiritual leaders at the Bombers. But he's had his injury concerns. We know groin surgery Mm. in the off-season. So perhaps Big Goldie does start come round one. I know he hasn't put a foot wrong this summer. I've been speaking to people down at Essendon, and they say even in the running drills, he's been one of the most impressive, the big lumbering Goldie. So there you go. (laughs) It's nice to see him squeeze more time out of his career. He didn't seem done at North, and 
he wasn't getting as many games there. What, where do we think Essendon are at just quickly? Because Xavier Dersma is another recruit that came yep. in, played pretty well yesterday. Do we think they're in our eight equation or are you, are you a bit cooler on them? Oh, I think those positions between like five to 12 and even 13, there's so many teams that could fit in there. Yeah. So I think Essendon falls in that gap. Yeah. Whether or not they play eight, um, I can't pick that yet. Yeah, it's going to be tough. There will be good teams that miss out this mm. year. I think we saw that last year as well. And, and traditionally, two or three teams fall out of the eight and two or three teams rise into mm-hmm. the eight every year. And I don't know about you two, but I'm having to do my ladder at the moment. It's a nightmare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's an exercise to make you look stupid, really, yeah, because you're not going to get it right. There'll be someone who surprises you, and yeah. I'm not sure about the Bombers. They've had an interesting two practice matches. They looked pretty lacklustre against St Kilda the other day at Morab, mm. and they looked to have rectified a few things, particularly coming off halfback last night, but it's still only season two under Brad Scott, mm. so they might of, need more time to build. Yeah, speaking of things that can make you look stupid, <laughs> we have some audio. So <laughs> early on in the game... <laughs> Mac Welfy, he had one of the first shots at goal. It was the was first, the first shot. shot at goal. Yeah. And I'll let the audio do the talking. Oh, to go elsewhere. Wow. Oh, a bit of this the other night, didn't he? I'm not sure what that, that was a, a check, that was a checky, yeah. 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 From 15 metres out on a slight angle. Almost. Okay, well, looks like we're going to have to get used to this, Jason, throughout the year, or they're just trialling it in the summer. You don't trial it the week before the Crikey. season unless you're running with it. Now, a snap from directly in front <laughs> is one thing, but a check side, is that the most low percentage kick that you can possibly pull out of your bag? It's pretty cute, isn't it? <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> Bizarre behaviour from Matt Guelfi. So I'm hopefully... sure he'll be doing that come round one. No, I, I can't say. We'll see that again. So <laughs> we are going to cross to Vegas next. We have Aaron Woods from the Manly Sea Eagles. He's going to give us a snapshot of what Vegas rugby league will look like. This is Sarah Will and Rabs on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Three legends, one show. Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Sarah Will and Rabs. Triple M. Usman Khawaj has just been stumped. Australia four for 81 lead. New Zealand by 285 runs now. The Rugby League NRL is over in Vegas. And this man, Aaron Woods, in true Vegas fashion, is doubling down, not only playing for the Manly Sea Eagles, but also putting an invoice in for Triple M NRL. Woodsy, like thank it. you for joining Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Where do we find you, mate? Caesars Palace, the Bellagio, the Sphere? No, we're, we're actually at uh, Hilton, the Resorts World. You know what the only problem is, Bart? All four teams are in the same joint, so we've got to see other knuckleheads every day. <laughs> Aaron, what is Vegas like? Give us a snapshot. Is it warm? Is it bustling? Are there a lot of Aussies over there? What's the the scene at the moment? So we've been here for two weeks. So early on, it was nice and calm. There wasn't too much talk. But as it's got as the weeks got longer, probably since Wednesday or Thursday, a lot of Aussies have come in. All the other teams have come and met us here and. It, it's, it's crazy. You know, we were lucky enough. We had our last session today at Allegiant Stadium, but I've never never been to a stadium like it. Indoor indoor field, a bit like the Eddie had down at Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, people right on top of you, and it's just crazy, you know, just the feel. You walk around everywhere, you're starting to see all the rugby league jerseys, and, yeah, you can still – the excitement's starting to really build. So, Aaron, you're seeing all the jerseys around Las Vegas, but what about the Americans? Do they have any idea what's going on? Do they know what rugby league is? Let's put it this way. They, they go, you those rugby guys. So <laughs> it's, uh, it, 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 it's a little bit different. We're trying to sort of just get our foot in the market, and then once they watch what we do in rugby league, we'll say, this is the difference between rugby league and rugby union. But you know what they do? 
they love the they love just the collision. You know, they just love yeah. people mm. hitting each other, and then and they're like, "Oh, you those guys don't wear pads or helmets." So it's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty cool. <laughs> now, there's a lot going on in Vegas on any day of the week. I imagine you got you two at the Sphere at the moment. You can go and see Christine Aguilera, and if Ooh, you go down to the Venetian, I'm just finding out. Is there much downtime? <laughs> do you have Do you have time to poke your head around and uh, have a bit of a flutter or any of that? Well. Well, put it this way, we were the only Swider Cummy at the start. So we've been here for two weeks. We got it all out of our system straight away. Right. So, yes, we did venture down the strip. We did see a couple of bars. We did see a couple of shows. We went and watched the Michael Jackson, um, I think it's uh, the, the O show. It was pretty good. It was like all these gymnasts going around, pretty crazy. <laughs> um, we we seen um, the David Copperfield magician. Nice. He actually, he actually got our coach up on stage, oh. out of everyone in there. No one, like not even a – a pre-talk to, to say, pick this bloke. He just picked him out of the crowd. So that was pretty good for the group. And yeah, we were pretty lucky. So we've seen a fair bit, but as I said, the boys, so what do I find hard for the other teams? They've just got here now. So they want to go out and do everything. So yeah. we're lucky we've got our sister nice and early. Woodsy, any culture shocks? I can imagine NRL going over to Vegas. I saw some vision on Channel 9 News throughout the week. You went to a restaurant and someone was getting paddled. Um, yes, any, outrageous. Any, any culture shocks over in Vegas, Woodsy? Well, that happens to me at home. My missus is wacky. But um, uh, honestly, it's, you know what? There are a lot of cowboys walking around over here with cowboy hats. And yep. a, cu- a couple of our boys have, have picked to get the, the, the cowboy hats. I don't know what they're called, but they look shocking in it. They're city slickers. <laughs> you know, we've got one bloke, Ethan Bullimore. He's even brought the alligator crocodile shoes. It looks shocking. <laughs> We're speaking to Aaron Woods from the Manly Sea Eagles. He's in Vegas at the moment. I think it's about 3.30 p.m. local time over there. And Aaron, you mentioned before Allegiant Stadium and how you said it's absolutely unbelievable. I saw shots, I think it was a Triple M exclusive actually, of the grass being wheeled in. Now, there's a capacity of 65,000 at the stadium. I mean, how are the ticket sales going? Is it going to be a full house? I'm not sure if it's going to be a full house, but I know they've got up to about 35 to 40 at the moment. Nice. Um, But what they've said, a lot of the locals and speaking to a lot of people around here, being in Vegas, it's, a lot of it's just walk up on the day and they get their tickets. So mm. um, I think just, you know, I think at the moment to have 40, I think about 20 or 25 have come from Australia. So um, wow. I, still think, I still think there's a little bit of work to do in the, in the market to, to get the Americans to the game. But only time will tell because they said it's a, it's a type of town where people just book last minute. That's what you do in Vegas. You just mm. go with the flow. What about the game itself, Woodsy? Um, you're up against the Rabbitohs. Are you backing yourself in? Yeah, I think we'll be all right. Um, it's the, so what it is here, the dimensions of the field is a little bit smaller width-wise, um, which is a bit of a detriment to our side because we've got a lot of outside backs that we tend to move the ball around to try to get the, the ball in their hands. But it's going to be one of those games that plays through the middle. So we're, we're quite excited and we're sort of hanging on a little bit of the preparation. Like I said earlier in the interview, that we've been here for a while. We've seen the bright lights. Now it's time for us to knuckle down. We're just in you got in. The boys have been out. We've seen them on the strip. They're they're going berserk. So hopefully they can wear themselves down by walking 10 k's a day and checking out everything. (laughs) Woodsy, I heard on the Footy Talk podcast available on the listener app that you have struggled to find a good coffee in Vegas. Have you had any more success? Mate, it is absolutely. (laughs) I can't. can't, It'll be expletive what I've got to say, but it's (laughs) great. And, and if anyone knows me, I love my coffee. I love just sitting down chewing the fat. Honestly, I got a coffee right. I, I, I got three coffees for two of the other boys in the team. Yeah, it cost me twenty eight dollars US, and it what? just tastes like hot water. It was oh. awful. <laughs> twenty eight US. <laughs>
Well, Woodsy, good luck, mate. I don't mate. even want to convert it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aaron Woods, good luck, mate, with your game against the Rabbitohs tomorrow. Of course, you can hear all the action of the NRL Vegas doubleheader from midday on the Listener app. Uh, Woodsy, good luck. Now, thanks for having us, Legends. Appreciate it. Coming up a little bit later this hour, guys, the Australian barista champion, Jack Simpson, will join us on the line. And speaking of coffee, we just spoke to Aaron Woods. We've done the math on those three rather watery coffees that he described over in Las Vegas. 43 clams, would you believe it? 43 Australian for three ordinary (laughs) coffees. That is highway robbery. Yeah, there'd be some angry league players over there. (laughs) Now, Across the ditch in New Zealand, Australia yes. at the moment, four for 82. Cam Green and Travis Head are at the crease. I just love Test Cricket because oh. it throws up so many different results. I mean, New Zealand looked to be in control on day one. I think they had us at like four for 84. In comes Cam Green, who has yeah. been under fire from some camps for underperforming. Mm-hmm. He's overrated. I mean, he's still just 24. Mm. He comes out and he blasts his second test century. He gets to 150. Let's hear some of it, Raps. Oh, he swung it. Has he got it? How much has he got? He's got all of it, has he? Gone for six. What a way to bring up 150. Some knock the first time past that milestone for Cameron Green. And that has been summonings, classy stuff. And with a sucks as well. <laughs> wasn't that good? Yes. What Love a that New Zealand commentary. <laughs> a real coming of age innings, though, for him, wasn't it? It's comfortably the best innings he's played yep. in his career. At a time when we really needed someone to step up. Yep. I think it's really impressive. For 20, in a new 20 position years. at four as yeah. well. Um, and then New Zealand came into mm. bat and it was absolute calamity mm. after calamity. And Kane Williamson got himself out in, well, it was chaotic fashion. And he wants to run, got to hurry, he's a mix-up, mix-up. Well, I cannot believe it. A direct hit. How has that happened? Punch down the ground. Will Young's looking, can't believe it, and he takes off, and then, oh, no. Bang, bang, they run into one another. For one of the best batsmen in the world to get dismissed <laughs> like that, that is absolute chaos yeah. at a home test. There was question marks on uh, Twitter or X, as it's X. known now, as was that dismissal in the spirit of the game, oh, which it was because it. Mitch Stark just held his ground as the bowler and they just ran into each other. Just, it was like two people on the street just mm. like going either side with their groceries. <laughs> just, oh, oh, well, it's just a, just a classic mix-up. <laughs> a comedy of errors, really, wasn't yeah. it, from New Zealand? So now Australia find themselves uh, four for 85, Will, 289 yep. runs. And only for the second time in his career, Usman Khawaja was outstumped. Yeah, very unusual for Usman. He doesn't he doesn't strike me as a charger no. very often. I haven't seen him uh, skip his way down the pitch all that often. So, yeah, the second time in his career he's been stumped. But we're still in a good position. So when do you think we'd start thinking about declaration? We're up by 290. Still a lot of cricket to be played. A lot to be played. And Travis Head's at the crease. I wouldn't mind just seeing him have a bit of time out in the middle because we know how incredibly powerful he can be when he gets on a roll. But lately, mm. just not in great form along with Manus Labashain. So it'd be nice to see Travis said find a little bit of form here. We're going to speak now to Australia's barista world champion. He's based in Melbourne. He's a Melbourne boy, Jack Simpson, and he's just been crowned the Australian barista champion for the second year in a row. Jack, are you there, mate? I am, yes. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good, mate. Congratulations. Well done. You must be happy with the second title. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of work goes into it. So um, but to go back to back, I think, is uh, an achievement I wasn't expecting, so I'm very happy. 
So a lot of work, Jack. Congratulations. But what kind of work? We were talking off air before. What's the criteria to be crowned the Australian Barista World Champion? Yeah, so it's, um, it's, it's basically you have to do a speech for 15 minutes and serve 12 coffees at the same time. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, and then they, they sort of score everything. So the, the, the way you camp coffee, the way you extract coffee, the taste, everything. So, um, and a lot of hard work behind the scenes. So I was training for close to 12 hours a day with a month leading up to it. So it's, wow. um, it's intense. <laughs> and obviously, obviously having to have conversations where you're making these coffees, are you working the milk frother? And what's the tip of not making it loud? <laughs> because it in down. the office, there's a few people that can yeah. get it really screeching. <laughs> <laughs> they can. I've heard that a few times. Uh, I guess the tip is it's because the steam comes out like, you know, with a lot of pressure. So you want to put it just under the surface at the start and then you want to put it quite deep. So you need to introduce that air at the start and then put it deep and then you're sort of just working the milk after that. So that's a tip. <laughs> Jack, do you have like a brand? Do you have like uh, some sort of trademark with your coffee that tastes different to the average barista? What, what's, what are you proudest of yeah. when you make a coffee? Yeah, well, I, so I work for Axel Coffee Roasters, so we're based in Melbourne. Um, so we, with the team, we source coffee. So we'll go around the world trying to, find the best coffee we can to serve to these judges. So, um, yeah, some crazy expensive coffees, but once we get it, we have to go through the roasting process, extraction process, and, and go through all the variables to try and make this coffee as good as we can. So, um, yeah, a lot of effort goes into it. We're speaking to Australian barista champion Jack Simpson. Jack, you're a Melbourne boy, and we do pride ourselves on our coffee scene oh, yeah. down here. I'm wondering, are you a, a coffee snob? And what is the coffee that you make yourself every morning? Um, yeah, I, I don't like to think of myself as a coffee snob, but I probably am. I, uh, <laughs> I, just, I make more coffee for myself than I go and buy. So, um, But, I mean, I just like filter coffee. So just like pour-overs or a plunger, huh. just like basic black coffee is my favourite. Now, the, the age-old adage is if you go to a restaurant and you order a steak, the chef doesn't like it if you order it well done. Mm, As Australian yeah. <laughs> barista champion, what is the no-go-to coffee yeah. order? Well, we like to cater for everyone, but you know, <laughs> extra, hot, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> extra hot is one of those things oh. um, that cause oh. it, it changes the taste a little bit. So, but, I mean, if people like it, that's how they like it. But, um, yeah, it, it does change the coffee's flavour. Well, this is my mum's order, Jack. Tell me what you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> a very hot decaf skinny latte. Very hot. Ooh. That yeah. gets repeated twice at the front and at the end, just in case yeah. you didn't hear her. Right. <laughs> That's how my dad orders it as well, so I can, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, look, if she loves it, you know, that, that's amazing, right? She's happy. That's what we want. Nice. Uh, Jack, you're going to be representing the country and representing Melbourne, of course, at the World Barista Championships. Yeah. Yeah. That's in Busan, South Korea in May. Yep. Have you been to South Korea before? I have not. So it'll be, uh, yeah, first time for me. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be exciting. And um, is the criteria over there similar to the one that you won the Australian Championship with? Yeah, very lucky. So it's the same rules, same machine, same setup. So it's... Um, basically take what I did here and take it over there. So, um, yeah, very lucky in Australia. That competition thing is quite strong and um, it sets it up nicely for the world. So you came third at last year's World Barista Championship, Jack. Are you up against a similar field? And do you reckon this time you just move up a few places on the podium? (laughs) Look, I'll do my best. Um, I think the the field will be sort of similar. Um, Some of the the countries haven't had their national uh, titles yet. So I'm sort of seeing the results coming in now and who will be against um, but, yeah, let, let's hope that I can improve on third, but we'll, we'll see. 
I love this. We're going to be backing you, Jack, in May. I'm really yeah, excited. And I think that we need a Melbourne boy at the top of the leaderboard. We are the kings of coffee here. And, uh, and I think that it, you'd, it'd be well-deserved if you were to win it. So congratulations, Jack, and good luck in May. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Awesome. That's Jack Simpson, Australia's barista world champion that's going over to South Korea. Looking forward to it. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Three legends, one show. Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Sarah, Will and Rabs. Triple M. Are you getting any text messages about something that's going on on Chapel Street? Yeah, Chapel Street is heaving for more reports. So if you're in the area and you're yeah. wondering what the huge lines are for, world famous DJ Fred again, who you weren't really familiar with the work of, Sarah. He's just Fred to me. He's just Fred. Can't <laughs> be again if you don't know him. Fred once. Yeah. Fred, again, is currently DJing at Revolver, Mm -hmm. Revs, if you will, and it is causing scenes, I'm hearing. There's, like, traffic updates coming out of Chapel Street. Uh, We'll touch on it later on in the hour, but what about the calibre of artists that have been in Melbourne recently? Pink, Taylor Taylor Swift, Blink-182, Matchbox 20, Katy Perry played a private gig. That's how good we're going at the moment. (laughs) Private gigs. Yeah, uh, Fred again. I mean, there's so, so many. Slash is here. Slash is here. Yeah. Home of culture, home of sport. Melbourne's got it all. Guys, of course, we are ticking down to the beginning of opening round, not just round one, but opening round in the AFL. And we thought it best to head west and get a bit of a feel what's going on with the Eagles and the Dockers. And joining us from over there is Channel 7 AFL commentator, Ryan Daniels. Thank you for joining us. Hey, morning, guys. How are you doing? It uh, might be, what, lunchtime in the ditch. It's 8 a.m. over here. It's very early in the day. So we do appreciate you getting on the line, Ryan. (laughs) Actually, we just had uh, Jack Simpson on, who is the Australian barista champion. You must need a coffee at this time of day. What's oh, your yeah. order? Is, is he local? Is he? He's not in WA. <laughs> no, he can't help you out. I'm Melbourne boy. It'll be cold by the time he gets over to me. No, it's uh, no, it's an exciting time of year, isn't it? This is, I think, this is the year, the time of year when 18 supporter groups just have a little bit of hope. Like they all think anything is possible. Some think they can win flags. Some think they can play finals. But it's, it's, it is like Christmas Eve, really, isn't it for for footy fans? Well, let's start with uh, Fremantle because you are joining us from the West. They played Port Adelaide last night. Not the result they were after, but mm. Matt Fife is back to his best, and I believe you caught up with him earlier this week. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Fife, he's, he's, um, he's been a bloody frustrating few years for Nat Fife. If you rewind, I mean, everyone knows what he's done. Two Brownlow medals, one of the premier players of the last probably 20, 25 years. Uh, but he just hasn't been able to get his body right. So his back's packed in, he's, um, his shoulder, um, he's had foot issues last year that kept him off the off the field. Um, so it's just been a horror run. But this preseason, he's been awesome. He's actually, like, barely missed a session. He's been right in the middle of the, of the cut and the thrust in the midfield. Um, and they needed that. If you watched them last year, one of the things they were missing was a really big, strong body in that midfield to help out Brayshaw and Sarong, um, these young guys coming through. And, Look, so far, touch wood, fingers crossed, all that. He he looks bloody awesome. And last night, you saw the sort of end result of a full preseason for him. I mean, and a fit, strong, firing that five. Mm. That's you know that is a, a scary prospect. I I really hope he can have a big year. So Ryan, he's going to play exclusively in the middle. Yep. Do you think? Because we saw that experiment of, of trying to play him forward, but. It just didn't really suit him, did it? Nah, he, he said that himself. It was a brand new role for him. You know, it's very difficult to do that. He's been doing one thing at an elite level 
um, for his whole career. And then it's like, hey, can you go and do this? And, you know, his body sort of betrayed him and didn't let him get a clean run at it. Um, he did say the other day that, you know, once he gets a bit of continuity, once he gets a bit of confidence and working back, then he said they can start to get greedy with his mm-hmm. uh, flexibility. So you might see it later in the year. If he's had a strong year and they're like, hey, we've got some young mids we want to play, go go play forward for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, see if you can snag a goal. That might happen. Uh, but no, his primary focus, Nat Fife has always been a midfielder and Nat Fife is a midfielder again. Hey, Ryan, those two team markets, Adelaide and Perth, the hype and the speculation around the two clubs there must be so much bigger uh, given that there's only the two clubs in the market. And then that must transfer to the coach. And staying on Freo, do you think the pressure around Justin Longmuir's role this year is going to start to get quite high? Yeah, probably will, Will. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, one of, it's one of those situations where... I, look, I think Justin Longmuir was a great coach. And I, I actually wrote a piece for the West Australian today saying they should have signed him... They should have extended his contract yesterday. Like, I, I just think that if you remove that dark cloud that's over a coach that's out of contract and all that, I just think they're going to coach better. Uh, uh, this is a guy who's he's the second youngest coach in the AFL, mm. other than Sam Mitchell. He's only 43 years old. People forget that. We, uh, Fremantle's had the youngest or second youngest list for the past two to three years. And when he took over in 2020, it was COVID. It was the hubs. Like, he has yeah. not had a clean run at it. Fife's missed half the games he's been available to coach in. So... I'm a big believer in the fact that they should sign him, make it a two-year extension, remove that dark cloud, let the guy coach. Improvement isn't always linear. Last year was a big disappointment, but um, he might not be the most polished media performer, and sometimes I think yeah. we get caught in that. Like, we, you know, he, he's just a straight-up-and-down guy. He doesn't have the charm of a Hardwick or a Buckley or <laughs> some of these other guys, a Craig yeah, McRae. Yeah. Um, but the man can coach. He knows footy, and I think it would be a mistake to leave it hanging over his head. We're joined by Ryan Daniels, Channel 7, AFL Chief Reporter over in the West. Now, have you heard about a kid called Harley Reid, Ryan? <laughs> and how many back pages has he been on in the West Australian? Well, the answer is all of them, Rabs. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, he has been a rock star since he arrived. And look, it was before that because it was all the talk. Did he want to come to Perth? Would he come to Perth? All this sort of stuff. You've got to remember West Coast were dog awful last year mm. and their supporters were miserable. And all they had was, hey, if we get this number one pick, how good is this kid? Yeah. So there was a lot of intrigue. So you can imagine being a, you know, a media outlet. If you put a story about Harley Reid out, what's going to happen? Every Eagles fan, there's eight hundred thousand of them over here. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to click on it because they're like, we want to see this kid, and that's translated. He turned up at the airport. There was hundreds of people there to see him. It was like, <laughs> honestly, it's like nothing I've ever bloody seen. <laughs> Oscar Allen wheeled his suitcase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he's signing autographs. He's taking pictures with old ladies. You know, the, you know, it was. It was phenomenal, and it's been that way ever since. Now, there's a lot of pressure on the kid. I think we all know he's, he's, he's packed with talent. Um, can he deliver? I don't think anyone can deliver on this much hype, so we do have to curtail it a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but it has, been, it has actually been insane over here with Harley. Ryan, I've just got some news up here on my laptop screen, and as a Swan supporter, mm. I ain't too happy about it. It's to <laughs> yeah. do with Luke Parker and Taylor Adams. Some injury updates. Please enlighten the audience. Yes, yeah, so anyone who watched Taylor Adams the other night, he went off, looked like to be a knee issue. The Swans on the night said, oh, look, no, it was fine. It's just precautionary. It looks like now he's going to miss up to a month. Mm. So that would rule him out for obviously opening round on Thursday night, which you know everyone's very excited about. And then the next few after that. And the problem is he was sort of there and we thought, okay, well, you know, if Luke Parker's going to miss time, then Taylor Adams comes in and he can fill that void for a few weeks maybe as an inside mid. But, you know, Parker's missing a month and now Adams is missing a month. So both of those guys for the first four weeks of the season, that's flattening. They got a lot of talent. 
like obviously yeah. they got a lot of talent. Errol can you know fill a void, and Chad Warner can fill a void, and they've got Angus Sheldrick and a great young kid out there. So it's opportunity, but man, you'd love to have those two guys out there. Well, it just compounds a few problems, doesn't it? Mm. Because as we know, their skipper Callum Mills isn't going yeah. to be cited until the mid part of the season because of that mad Monday mishap, which resulted in that shoulder injury. And then you take out the two experienced heads in Parker and Adams there. It's going to be tough for the Swans in that opening round because they're coming up against the might of Max Gorn, Christian mm. Petrarca, and it looks like Clayton Oliver. And the week after that, they face the reigning premiers Collingwood at the Jeez. MCG. So it's as tough as you get, Ryan. Yeah, it's a tough start. And obviously Melbourne too, with the off-season that they've had, mm. you often see teams come out and have a point to prove. Like, yeah. So it's really, you know, it's a buzzsaw a bit for, for Sydney next week. I'm fascinated by that game to see all the little bits and pieces of storylines. Um, and as you say, no Mills, no Adams, no Parker, and still trying to move on from Buddy and work out what that forward line looks like. So interesting for the Swannies, but, you know, they're pretty good up there at the SCG. Speaking of injuries, we saw in the Frio game against Port that Zach Butters arguably the best player in the AFL last year, according to who you ask. He rolled his ankle and then were power just being precautionary by taking him off for the game? Yeah, I found this fascinating, right? Because when it happens, you see it and you think, all those, you know, remember the syndesmosis curse yeah. that was around yeah. for a while mm. there and still happens, but it felt like everyone was doing one. So when you first see that and they rule them out straight away, you panic a bit. Now, this is one thing, guys, that it's going to happen a lot more this year. Straight after the game, Zach Butters does an interview. Oh. And he clarifies exactly what's happened. He comes out and he says, ah, oh, no, nah, look, if that was a normal game, I would have had some treatment and come back out there. I should be sweet. I'm really confident. Blah, 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 blah. Now, yep. what's different in that space is the media rules are changing, right? So they haven't even kicked in yet, but obviously Port's decided, hey, we're just going to do this. Zach Butters got injured. Normally the club would say, nah, he can't talk. He's been injured. Instead, they make him available. And guess what? Now we all know exactly what's going on with Zach Butters. We don't have to do a, sto- a week of stories trying to figure out if he's going to play. He just puts it to rest. I think it's fantastic. Fantastic. Well yeah. done to Port. And, you know, it's a good thing for Zach Butters and Port fans that he seems to be going okay. So the Eagles take on the Crows today in a preseason match. They are without Dom Sheed, Tyler Brockman, Oscar Allen, Liam mm. Ryan, Matt Flynn. So who are the young Eagles we should be looking out for, Ryan Daniels? Well, yeah, other than the obvious, everyone wants to watch Harley Reid, and, mm-hmm. you know, I can understand why. Um, but there's a guy who's – well, there's a few guys, really. Ryan Marrick, who came on as a mid-season draftee. Yes. From Gippsland. Yeah. yeah. He's, yep. Mate, this kid is a real genuine footballer. You know how, like, some of these guys are athletes and some of them are footballers? This guy just knows where to be. Um, I think he's going to surprise a few this year. I think he he looks really fit. He's had a full preseason. Nice. Uh, remember the knock on him was he basically got he said he got too fat in his draft. Yeah, yeah. Drafted, so <laughs> That's right. he's definitely not that now. He's super cut. So um, he's one to keep an eye on as well. Um, and, and look, they, they are going to be really young this year. They, there's going to be a lot of kids running around in that team. They, they're going to have to be very patient, the West Coast Eagles and their fans. But there's a bit of spunk to it. Um, there's a bit of excitement. Noah Long had a great year last year. He's going to take another level up too. One thing that's fascinated me from the East Coast, Ryan, is <laughs> yeah. Don Pike coming in, CEO, yes. and he's just gone bang, bang with some of the off-field kind of changes. So we're not going to see the big inflatable tunnel that the players <laughs> yeah. run through. The banner is back. And is the song also going to change? Yeah, so for those East Coasters who never watch an Eagles game, which I'm sure there are a few, they might not know that about five years ago they ditched the banner. So they don't run through a banner at all. They just come, there's this giant inflatable eagle that they run out of. A song plays, I think it's uh, Wolf Mother or something like that. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool, but it's also like, where's the banner, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's, uh, the fans have been saying this for years. There's, you know, it, it's a tradition that everybody loves. 
Don Pike, first thing he says, we're bringing back the banner. Fans rejoice. It's a, it's like a, he's like a politician. He's like, just give him a little bit of a, you know, <laughs> little taste on the side. They'll be happy for that. And then the song, which they tried to update and make very modern about three or four years ago. They got Birds of Tokyo yep. in to do this modernized version, and it just, it didn't hit. It just didn't hit. <laughs> and so Pikey, to his credit, he's gone. Okay, this doesn't work either. This is not a pop station. You know, this is, this is a footy club, and they're going back to the old school, you know, we hate the wise guys from the East and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yes. um, so I love it. I think it's a it's a call back to the tradition. Pikey, obviously, a two-time premiership player with those early Eagles sides. So he gets it, and I think Eagles fans are happy about that. But to be fair, they didn't hear that song last year too many times anyway, so it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like it was a, a massive issue. Oh, yeah, hopefully a, a few more times out. this yeah, year as well. Ryan Daniels, thank you for joining us. Have a lovely weekend over in the West. Yeah, you too, guys. Thanks very much. Ryan Daniels there, of course, from Channel 7. And he touched on Ryan Marrick. I was there when he was drafted in Druin in the mid-season draft. A great kid. And it's such a nice mechanism now that we're seeing more players like that come through the system. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Three legends, one show. Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Sarah Will and Rabs. Triple M. Now... We mentioned earlier in the show the cavalcade of musical stars that have been in Melbourne recently. So we're talking Pink. We're talking, of course, Taylor Swift, Matchbox 20, uh, Katy Perry, Queens of the Stone Age, Fred again, right, that we played uh, this morning at Revs, as we found (laughs) out. Which is out of control. Out of control. One of the biggest artists in the world, Fred again. I went to see uh, Blink-182 on Thursday night. Now, um, they are my favourite band of all time. And I didn't think they they are all time number one. I'd never thought they'd come back to Australia between uh, Travis's plane crash and uh, Mark's cancer battle and the band actually breaking up. But they got got together and they played five shows in Melbourne and it was incredible. And it got me thinking because Blink-182 was the first concert that I ever paid Mm. my own money to go and see back in 2000. Three, I think it was. We lined up at the post office. That's how long ago it was and bought tickets uh, before going into school. So I want to ask you guys, what was your first concert that you were taken to and your first concert that you bought tickets? So the first concert I was taken to, I was three and it was (laughs) Roxette. Oh, wow. Nice. Do you know where? It was, I think it was called Melbourne Stadium. So I, I think that's oh. what Rod Laver was back okay, in the day. Yeah, yeah. Or it could have been the Glass House, but it was Roxette and it was amazing. Yeah, and Roxette. I know it was three, but I remember it. I yeah. mean, were you a musical baby? Why were your parents taking a three-year-old <laughs> uh, Look, I, without getting uh, really deep into how weird the Warren family can be, <laughs> my dad's fluent in Swedish. And they're, a, right. and they're a Swedish band. I told you it was weird. We won't get into it. But Is that a redundant language? Just... Like, do uh, anyone else speak Swedish besides the Swedes? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, okay. but, um, yeah the Warrens. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, we want to ask you, one triple three five three. what was your first ever concert, Will? Yes, I was taken to Avril Lavigne when I was very young. Wow. About 2001, off the hot fame of Complicated <laughs> and Skater Boys. Oh, yes. I, I think it was against my will, but I was happy to be there from yeah. memory. Uh, but the first I ever paid for, which I'm quite proud of, is Powderfinger circa 2010, I believe, my last year of school. And I paid tickets, and it ended up being their final ever concert as a band. I think they've had 
forms of reforming since right. then. But I mean, it's, it, it was the emotional one. As a Queenslander, it's a rite of yes. passage. Aren't you born with a double plastic OC powder yeah. thing? Yeah, I bleed for it. <laughs> At the Caxton? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely correct. So that was mine. Oh, guys, mine perhaps aren't as cool mm-hmm. as the two of you, but this is a window into my adolescence, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Yes. So the first concert I went to, not that I paid tickets for, was Enrique Iglesias. Oh. I can be your hero, baby. I mean, it's still a classic, no? Yeah. Is he still married to Anna Cornicova? He is. They oh. are happily married. It's an enduring it is love. a real life love story. Thank you, Rab. He aced that one. He, oh, didn't he? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in terms of forking out my own mm-hmm. hard cash from my $7.80 an hour at Brumby's in Albert Park. <laughs> nice. It was the Veronica's. <laughs> I don't think you have anything to be ashamed of, personally. I, I think this is a, a pop icon, the Veronica's. Yeah, they're still making good yeah. music. I saw they were at the Tillies the other night, so they're getting around the girls as well, which yeah. we love. And, yeah, nice to support some Australian music as mm. well, Will. So one triple three five three. Give us a call and tell us what was the first concert you ever went to. And with the phones have melted down. Thank you to <laughs> Melbourne for calling in. And the first call we've got here, we have a Marty on the line. Marty, are you there? Will, it's Marty Sheargold, buddy. Thank you for calling, Marty. Wow, you guys sound amazing. (laughs) Very, very. Is this your first time, long time? (laughs) So lovely to hear you, Sarah. I've not met you, but I look forward to that. Hello, I look forward to it too. Marty, what was your first concert? Hang on, Will. I haven't finished oh, no. telling you how great you are. <laughs> Don't have to hurry up, mate. You've got your own show. Jesus Christ, let me relax into it, bud. I'm full of toast. Jesus, I couldn't eat another piece. <laughs> full okay. of toast. I've had you oh, with the volume up and I've had the cricket on KO. This is one of the greatest days of my life. No Thank doubt. You, Marty. What it's was your a first... little bit wet, so hang on, Will. I'm still going. <laughs> it's a little bit wet, so I won't have to mow today, which is great news. Perfect. Yeah. Um, first concert, Eurogliders and Wawani. Oh, and it was oh. one of the, you guys, you guys are just sitting there going, what? Uh, but I tell you what, it, it, in the sort of mid to late 80s, that was as hot as it got. And that was the night I kissed Anita Houlihan in the bushes next oh. to the stadium. Oh, <laughs> she, dragged me in, she dragged me into the shrubs and she had a goon of white wine. I was like, <laughs> what's going on here? And then we had a giant passion. I was like, Ooh. yeah, I don't know if I like this. I'm going home. See you, Anita. <laughs> It's all a bit too full on. There you go. Oh, what a night. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Look, I've got a couple of notes for you on Monday, Will, but sit tight and wait till then. Perfect. I look forward to them. Thanks so much, mate. Thanks, mate. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, We've also got Bundy on the line in Melbourne. Bundy? How's it going? Good, mate. What was your first concert you went to? Uh, Kiss, Waverley Park. Nice. Do you remember what year that might have been? Sorry? Do you remember what year that might have been? Oh, I think I was around about 14, 15, I think. 1980-ish, thereabouts. Looks like 1980 might have been on the mark there. What That peak of their power was Kiss. That would have been amazing. Yeah, it was. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think it was 13 bucks. 13 bucks. Right. 13 bucks. Thirteen How bucks. Good bucks. Good that? I don't even get a coffee for 13 bucks. No, no. Days, Bundy. Yeah. What about yeah. uh, Carol in Coldstream? What was the first concert you went to? Uh, Sunbury. Sunbury, 1973? Yes. My parents, Gary and Jan, were at that. Was that Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs? 
Yes, it was. There you go. Nice. Do you remember who else might have been on the line up there, Carol? Oh, Daddy Cool. Yeah, I'm, just... I'm not sure. But, yeah, that was the first concert I can remember actually paying for because back in those days we used to go to the local pubs and we could see all those bands in the local pub. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Jeez, yeah. what is, I'm looking at this festival now. I didn't know much about the Sunbury. So it was a festival, was it? Yeah. Okay. Kedinsky led, it looks like. Oh, of course. Queen were there the year before, so quite the mainstay. All right, we've also got Jenny from Port Arlington. Jenny, what was the first concert you went to or paid for? I didn't pay for it. I got free tickets given yeah. to me and I went to see the Bee Gees at Festival Hall. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, girl. How yeah. fun. That was good. And Festival Hall, it's still one of the, the great venues, isn't it? Yeah, yeah still yeah. there. How old were you at the time, Jenny? I would have been probably about 15. Wow. What an experience. <laughs> It was great, yeah. It said free tickets, everything. It was good. That's Most awesome. people would have been going off at the Bee Gees <laughs> yeah. as a 15-year-old. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, we've got Lachlan in Lyndhurst. Uh, have you got a concert for us? Um, yeah, I haven't been to it yet, but um, Mum just bought me tickets for Pearl Jam. Oh, oh good. Nice. That will be your first concert. Yeah, that will be my first concert, yeah. That's unreal. How old are you, Lachlan? Uh, 15. 15. When Nine. are they playing Pearl Jam? Uh, November 16th. And 18, they announced a second show as well. Super popular. That's awesome. And uh, have you grown up a Pearl Jam fan? Because it's a bit before your time, Lachlan. Um, Yeah, yeah. Just um, dad, just growing up, dad always used to listen to him around the house and just, yeah, just growing up around him because dad loves him and, yeah, turns out going with him because mum bought us tickets. So That's awesome. What a great yeah. story. Great story. Awesome. Thanks so much. By the way, Bundy and Jenny, you are heading along to the All-Star Miles, 16th of March, mrc.racing.com to grab your tickets. Of course, the All-Star Mile is the place to be on the 16th of March. Michael from Crib Point is on the line. Michael, hit me. Uh, Peter Frampton. Frampton comes alive. Nice. 1974, I reckon. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, what I hope makes the tickets. I'm up against the ticker goes to Sunbury and Marty Shoegold, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, you're a bit stiff there, Michael. <laughs> Tough crowd. <laughs> Could you make it a bit easier for me? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We Thank appreciate you. the call. <laughs> we need to give some free T-shirts or something. We should get some sort of uh, merch pack. That's our first show. Let's forward, I don't know. <laughs> Live brainstorm. Yeah. Uh, Sue in Listerfield. What have you got, Sue? Uh, the monkeys at Festival Hall way back in 1966. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Festival Hall. Must have been the, the, the music festival yeah. back in the day. Yeah. I mean, the Beatles yeah. were there at one point. Was it great, Sue? Oh, it was wonderful. Yes. I you know, didn't hear much for the screaming, but it was great. Good <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, and uh, big friends of the Warren family. My husband used to play footy with Ryan's dad. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> what's, your dad, what's your husband's name? He's uh, Gunner. Gunner. Um, All right, I'll mention. Oh, no, Gunner. Yeah, say hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll say good day. I'm sure they're listening. You remember um, the calendar that the boys made? Dad was the centrefold. He cops a lot of uh, flack for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't save that one. No, 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 no. Fair uh, enough, So Sue. Sue went to see the Monkees in 66. Oliver, what was the first concert you went to, mate? Uh, the first concert I went to was the Foo Fighters last year. Oh, oh awesome. How old are you, Oliver? I'm 12. 12 years old and you're sort of Fooies. Is, is uh, Dad or Mum a big Fooies fan as well? 
Oh, yeah, Dad's a big Tories fan. Nice. What was the best <laughs> song, Oliver? Uh, the best song is probably Pretender. Nice. Yeah. No, we nice. can't go past that. No. Where, where was that, Oliver, Phoebe's? Uh, it was at Amy Park. Amy Park, that's right. Yeah. Jeez. You're on the right station too. Stick on, stick on <laughs> Triple M. Do you want to more Have, Have you got an update for us uh, over in New Zealand, Will? Yes, it is four for 127. The Aussies still batting. Green's on 26. Head is on 29. We lead by 331, and it's comfortably... Uh, past that point where it would be the biggest chase, uh, successful chase oh, in Wellington. Okay. So it is Australia in the box seat over there, which is good news. And we also have an update for the Sheffield Shield. So uh, Tasmania, after hitting 240 in the first innings, dismissed the Vicks for 106, but we have them three for 28. So they are struggling in their second innings, mm. the Tasmanians, but that's a top of the table clash. And just a little footy update if you are joining us. This regards the Swans, Taylor Adams to miss the first three to four weeks of the season. And Luke Parker, another veteran midfielder, he's got that broken arm. He saw specialists on Friday. They've confirmed that he'll be sidelined for a month. So a few mm. injury issues for issues. the old Swans heading into opening round and against they the Dees. Pl- play the first game of the season, so they it's do. A bad situation they got themselves in. But Ryan Daniels did join us earlier as well, and he said Port Adelaide are completely fine with Zach Butters, who yes. rolled his ankle last night, so that's good some news. good news for the power as well. Don't forget, on Triple M, uh, we are broadcasting Adelaide versus West Coast live from 2.30, so make sure you have it locked in to the end, and Travis Head has just gone out as we're speaking no. over in New yeah. Zealand. Out for 29, so Australia now 5 for 127. Um, What's on for the rest of your weekend? I have a birthday tonight, mm. um, and then I'll be calling uh, on Triple M the St Kilda North Melbourne game tomorrow at Moorabbin. So I've got to do some Perhaps. some who's more the call thorough team? research. Who's the call team for that? I one? think I'm with the Peoples, uh, Barry Denner, and yep. Chris Johnson's also oh, joining us. Sarah Hoskins. I think she's laid out. Well, okay, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to well, we should have maybe yeah. let's do this off air before <laughs> we go on air. Yeah. Uh, Ash Chew is going to be there as well, of course, and the man who is the most Moorabbin. Of our Triple M call team, Michael Roberts is going to be in the oh, banjo as well. Nice. <laughs> when you get him in Marabba, oh yeah, you can't get him out. No, you he'll be there till the late night, I think. Mickey Roberts. Yeah, and what about a, you, Sarah? A birthday thing today as well, and and a lunch with some lovely old friends tomorrow, which I'm looking forward to. Nice. Rabs. What about your dinner last night? Do you want to tell everyone where you went? Well, it was for my sister's birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, Rebecca. Um, we were at Francois, which of course <laughs> is a bougie establishment. <laughs> yep. You know. Steak and frit, beautiful red wine, um, and a bit of a, a spot to see mm. people. Like it is a great people viewing restaurant. And I rocked up, and out the front was Jordan Tagoe. And when I left, I saw Clayton Oliver on the other side of the road. So yeah, if you want to see footballers, just hit her at a France tomorrow. I'll tell you that. Much. I had a ham and pineapple pizza from Scraggy's in Howard, <laughs> and I'm heading to an MMA fight in Sunshine tonight. That's how good oh, I'm going. What? Hey, thank you very much for joining us this morning, Melbourne. Have a great weekend. This has been Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Sarah. Hello. Will. And Hello. Goodbye. See you later. And Rabs. That has been another massive edition of Triple M's Dead Set Legends for Betfair. Betfair are on your side this autumn racing. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Triple